0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations.
1: Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block.
0: Oh, by the way, you know, you're going to now you're losing Jalen Ramsey
2: and Tyler Higby. My initial reaction was you got to be me. I think the guys that we needed to step up and come in and play well did that. I was standing on the sideline next to uh, Kevin O'Connell right before um, that play where AD tipped it and and Ernest picked it. I mean, not three seconds before that play happened, I'm thinking about, all right, let's go down and answer. Let's answer back after this. And uh, he goes, well, you never know. This guy might try to. You know, throw one in there. It could get tipped and picked. And and as he's finishing his sentence, the dang thing happens. And uh, we're rolling the other way. He and I looked at each other like, holy shit, that happened. And, uh, you know, we were out there. So our defense did a great job. Okay. Thanks, guys.
0: Let's go. Tuesday edition of PFT Live, Battle for the NFC West. Desperation. This is where I have great regret, and I know you have particular regret because you were riding one hell of a week when it comes to prognostication. Straight up, not against the spread, but still very good against the spread, but undefeated straight up. Undefeated going into last night's game because it is all about us. But I wish I would have realized that the Rams, even with all the guys they lost, They were desperate. This was it. If they had lost last night, they'd got no chance at winning the division, and who knows what's going to happen now. But the Rams had urgency. The Rams made the plays. The Rams stood toe-to-toe with the best team in football and delivered their third loss at home. They've been great on the road. Cardinals have three losses at home
2: now. What the hell? Yeah, what the hell is right? I mean, you're right. Last night, they did a lot of things. I mean, first off, you you said it right. Uh, The Rams— I think I pretty much solidified them as being in the playoffs after this weekend, the way things, some some things shook out. Now they're sitting there at nine and four and have some cushion between the six and seven seeds. So that's like, I almost want to go, okay, hello, welcome to the playoffs, Los Angeles Rams, it's official. And then, you know, a little bit what you said, Stafford said, hey, come on. When you're going to be a team of stars, the stars got to show up in big moments. And that's what happened last night. You're right. There was desperation. They'd been not playing their best football. I'm Everybody in the world been questioning the Rams ever since they got Von Miller and had the, you know, all in Freddie KGB thing. Last week, no one gave credit for the or Teddy or Teddy, Teddy you whatever the hell they. Teddy Freddie, <laughs> they know who we <laughs> they know who we mean. And then the and then last week, nobody gave him a lot of credit for the way they looked against Jacksonville, even though they blew them out. So they came in the game angry, and then had some obstacles before the game, you know, show up. But either way, uh, big time win for them on the road. Stars showed up, Hollywood showed up, and I think that's what's the cool thing to see, you know, about the Rams. First time we saw that, you know, with this new current team. Now I'm pondering very important
0: things, like how many how many names will rhyme with Teddy. You got Teddy, Freddie, Eddie, Schmitty. <laughs> I don't know, Betty. You can just keep going on and on. Uh, all right, so the and, curveball, and, and this is a reminder, we're going to talk about this coming up, because it was quite the day as it relates yeah. to these random bolts from the blue of guys who are on the COVID reserve list, and it was anything but random well it was random but it was anything but one or two it was a bunch two for the rams jalen ramsey one of the stars that had no chance to shine last night because he was placed on the covid reserve list late monday afternoon along with tight end tyler higby that just added to a long list of guys who were unavailable to the rams due to covid they had five in all who were not available to play but they did find a way to get it done and they needed to prove a lot of people Not necessarily wrong, because we weren't wrong to look at what they had put on film, to what they had done on the field, starting with the loss to the Titans, right? Then the 49ers. Then who else beat them? It's all a blur at this point. They lost another one before they ultimately beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. And we're like, oh, okay, fine. Who hasn't beaten the Jacksonville Jaguars like that? That was the aberration. They needed to reestablish themselves last night. The Packers game, you're thinking,
2: in Green Bay. Oh, the Packers. I forgot
0: about the Packers. So, you know, we we were down on the Rams, and justifiably so. The greatest show-offs on turf, the team of stars that can't ultimately deliver victories. They had gone three straight weeks losing after they did the Eddie KGB (laughs) (laughs) all-in splash the pot gif that uh yeah they still got a long way to go yeah but they went they went a long way toward as you said solidifying themselves as the five seed right. and 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 probably making the cowboys think boy is there a way we can avoid the four seeds so we don't have to host the rams as our sure. first sure playoff game Dangerous. that that no takes on greater them. significance whoever lands in that four spot gets one hell of a gift they're most likely going to have the rams come to town unless the Rams can continue this climb and maybe it's the Cardinals who come to town. I don't know which one's worse at this
2: point, considering the Cardinals have won all their road games by double digits. Yeah, no, I mean, again, both are dangerous. There's no doubt. Both, I think are really good quality football teams. I think you're right. I mean, we had every right to question the Rams and the way they had looked over the last month of football. Come on. They kept screwing games up. You know, their defense wasn't making any plays. We we wondered where, where's the, the toughness of the run game from McVay and company. You know and and I think that was the biggest thing you take away from last night at least they didn't put themselves in bad spots to where they had to abandon their game plan you know and and, and when we talk about that Titans game at home uh, the Packers game uh, the other game that I'm blanking I'm blanking out on my49ers yeah, yeah I mean they, they made so many mistakes early on there to where they had to uh, leave the what, what would have been their game plan to a degree you couldn't stay patient with the run especially in the Titans 49ers game. And I think that's the thing I've taken away from the last two weeks. Their patience with Sony Michelle running the football, and then you know, I mean, really, if you break down last night, the Cardinals came out hot. They were on fire. The play of the night is the play that Matthew Stafford discussed in the opening. I mean, it, you're thinking, oh no, it might be ten nothing here. At the very least, it's going to be six nothing. Cardinals. Aaron Donald dominates the right guard Garcia, I believe, on that play. Gets the tip, interception, game was never the same. Rams had the momentum for the better part of the night from there on out, and that's when Stafford and the offense kind of caught fire from that moment. But, I mean, this play right here, spin move, Aaron Donald, you're the Rams, you're going to be a team of stars, and the star of stars showed up for them from the first play of the game, right? I mean, he busts through the line of scrimmage and gets a sack to start the game. And then that in the most biggest moment – the best defensive player of the last decade, the best one of the best defensive players I've ever seen in my life. First ballot Hall of Famer in the discussion with all the all-time greats of greats in the Hall of Fame. Aaron Donald makes that play and change the fortunes, I felt like for the for the rest of the night for the Rams. And he was locked in for this when he, he said
0: last week in his weekly press conference that this feels like a playoff game. And even though the loser continues to be very much alive. The Rams would have had a major wrench thrown into their broader goals of not just getting to the playoffs, but getting back to the Super Bowl. That's why they made all these moves. That was the one thing that I think became the source of so much criticism. You get rid of Jared Goff for Matthew Stafford. You bring in Von Miller. You bring in OBJ. For what? Where are you in relation to where you were last year? Last year, you got to the Final Eight. Yeah. With Jared Goff. Right. Are you going to get to the final eight this year? Well, based on last night, they look like a team that that is going to be in position to be very competitive to get to the final yeah. eight. And maybe beyond you mentioned more Sony dangerous Michelle. final eight, too. Yeah.
2: Sorry. Sorry. Go re- ahead. Re-
0: remember when they traded for Sony Michelle? We were like, what the hell are they doing? Yeah. And that was after when Cam Akers got. Injured with the torn Achilles right. in the final days before the start of training camp, working out on his own. Initially, the Rams, "Well, we're not going to add anybody. We're not going to add anybody. We're not going to add anybody." And then after some camp, they're like, "Well, maybe we should add somebody." And they they get Sony Michelle, and we kind of thought the Patriots maybe got the better of that deal. Well, Michelle has filled in from time to time this year for Daryl Henderson and has done well. And last night, having that change of pace. And and running the ball 20 times to Michelle, yeah, it just right. it balances out the offense, yeah. and it gets the defense on its heels just enough. So, you know, I talk about this all the time, and I think it's real. If yeah. the defense isn't quite sure what's coming next, that gives the offense that extra little edge, that split second off the snap where they have the defense guessing while they're executing. The offense is executing, and the defense is diagnosing. And if you make the defense diagnose a little bit too long, that's how
2: you pop those guys free. A hundred percent. You know, that got back to like a little bit of the the toughness. And and again, not messing the game up early so you could stay with the game plan a little bit and pose your will in the run game there. Sony Michelle, yeah, running tough, that's for sure. I mean, breaks, tackles, lowers the shoulder, gets tough yards, you know, gave their team an attitude and, you know, Mike, to your point, and we discussed this a lot. I mean, great offenses make you defend the whole field and the Rams. We got into a little bit of a, a three game run there where it was just, you know, shotgun, drop back pass, shotgun, drop back pass. Okay. But, you know, there, there's elements of the field that you didn't have to worry about. Most importantly, by the line of scrimmage, and they didn't they, you're right, they did nothing in those weeks to really make linebackers or second level safeties have to guess. But you run the ball, and the biggest thing we know when why great offensive coordinators want to run the ball is because of what we saw last night. It, it's the greatest way to create explosive plays, and it unleashes their offense to another level where you got the play action passes by Stafford, to Van Jefferson. I mean, come on. You know, Stafford, again, I don't think he's 100% healthy, but hopefully last night people saw a little bit of, you know, what Matthew Stafford can be when he is somewhat close to his 100% A game. I mean, he made some throws in the game last night that are just, they're, they're legit. I don't know what else to say. He has only a handful of quarterbacks in football. i able to throw that, put that on the money like that. And he had a few throws like that throughout the game that were, you know, difference makers where you went, ooh, wait, that moment there, oh, the Cardinals have the momentum. Oh, whoa, what a throw to Cooper Cup on a deep crossing route later in the game. Uh, so that was good to see, too, and it just felt like the Rams got their mojo back last night, even though undermanned and backed into a corner. And. And that was, uh, that was cool to say. This throw, I mean, that was great coverage. What a throw. Low and outside. Paints the corner there. I mean, great catch. Uh, but but good to see from Matt Stafford, who a lot of people, of course, have questioned, and rightly so, over the last few weeks. This is the other throw I talking about. I mean, first and 20, drop it in the bucket like that. I mean, come on. That was really, really special. In and in a big moment of the football game there. So uh, the Rams had it all going. And like we said, it was Cooper Cup, Odell, You know, Stafford, Van Jefferson, their stars, the guys that they put all their assets into showed up, and that's what they're going to have to continue to do down the stretch. I think a big part of it, too, they have adjusted now to the absence of Robert Woods,
0: the torn ACL, the same day that Odell Beckham Jr. put pen to paper on his contract. They lose Robert Woods, and the offense gets kind of thrown into discombobulation. There was something I noticed, though. I want to see this again. I may be wrong, yeah. and it wouldn't be the first time this morning, frankly, that I've been wrong about something. The plated Van Jefferson, can we see that again? Because I saw something that reminded me of something, but then there's a key difference there. Watch Matthew Stafford on this rollout that we've seen right. Jared Goff do many times in this offense. But the way that Stafford uncorks the ball yeah he doesn't have to kind of stop and set up he is set up yeah but he, does but he it kind so of does quickly. it on the move you're
2: right you're he right he does
0: it so quickly right. that was what they didn't have with Jared Goff Goff when he got on the rollout like that needed a little more time to get himself set yeah and if you're Goff and you need a little more time to get yourself set you see somebody bearing down on him and that's maybe right. he doesn't make that throw right. that's
2: a subtle little difference between Stafford and Goff no doubt subtle subtlety of escaping the pressure subtlety of getting that ball off and you know maybe being the difference of you know the coverage not getting there on the throw I mean again it wasn't the worst coverage in the world the fact that Stafford kind of threw it out the back door on the safety there who got a little obsessed with the bright lights of Odell Beckham Jr. coming across the middle underneath and all of a sudden he went "Uh uh-oh wait I think I'm supposed to be back deep uh, Thompson, 34, who's a phenomenal football player. But you're right, Mike. I mean, that's what makes him special. That's why you hear people like me and, and other people who watch football and are into the quarterback nuances. Stafford has an arm that's an all time arm. It is. And yeah, that was like. That's Mahomes or Rodgers or Josh Allenish, where it's like, yeah, they don't really need to set up. He was kind of on the move and still fading away, and he just put his foot in the ground all in one motion and let it go and throws a perfect spiral that way, and similar on that other great Cooper Cup play. But uh, it, it showed the, explos- the explosiveness and the potential, what they have on the offensive side of the ball there, and hopefully this will give them the confidence to keep it rolling because they are fun to watch. And I want the Rams to be good because of some of the personalities, the stars of the team, have the theme of can another team host the Super Bowl, a home team. I want all those things to stay alive, and, and uh, they're going to make the, the NFC playoffs interesting now if, if they can you know roll the way they did last night. And, and I remember when
0: we first started doing this four plus years ago, and you ranked quarterbacks. Yeah, and Matthew Stafford was number three for you. And I remember thinking, is this guy high?
2: And they're probably <laughs> there's a good chance not at work. not at work, but maybe when I was doing the listler that night or uh, something. <laughs> you know, you,
0: you you always you always have a little just a little bit that's floating around in there. It takes a little <laughs> while for the THC to dissipate. But I'm thinking Ugh. number three for Matthew Stafford, and then he started to creep down yeah, right and down went to 6 and, and, and down. 8 and 11 yeah. and
2: somewhere in there yeah right right but but we're
0: we're seeing it start to pay off yeah. and you know it it's i, I we see how the season kind of flows like you've got you've got your stuff that you do early in the year that works and whoa the rams are seven and one and then you you know you're gonna hit it's not always gonna be wire to wire greatness especially with 17 games right now we're seeing the rams start to claw out of right maybe that lull where defenses were starting to figure them out and they needed to do things a little bit of a different way and that that was just a huge win for them last night against the best team in football the team that that I think a lot of us were afraid to pick against because every time I had, they had proved me wrong. They just kept rolling and rolling and rolling. And, you know, Kyler Murray last night, no touchdowns. And that's a testament to what Aaron Donald did. No touchdowns on the ground, no touchdowns through the air. After four against the Chicago Bears. So, you get both ends of this great team showing up on the same night, and that's what they can be.
2: Yeah, no no doubt about it. I mean, without Jalen Ramsey, who wasn't there to match up a little bit with DeAndre Hopkins and the A.J. Greens, but they have the the front four with Miller and Floyd and, and Aaron Donald, the speed to contain Kyler Murray to a degree. I mean, as we saw last night, I mean, there's times where – I mean, yeah, I mean, this is the tone setter right there. Aaron Dodson, you knew he was going to show up uh, last night. You were like, oh, my gosh. But, yeah, these plays here, they have the speed and ability to at least close in on Murray better than other football teams. I mean, you're not going to stop Murray altogether. He's just unbelievably talented and quick and, and just one of the greatest athletes we've ever seen at the quarterback position. Uh, but But I think we saw a little bit of the potential, what that defense can be. And uh, yeah, Donald's special. Leonard Floyd with the interception at the start of the second half. I mean, what a great play by him. Outside linebacker, defensive end, does so many things there. You know, those, those plays, Donald Floyd, you know, really the difference of the game. It gave them 14 points. You know, it was more than a 14 point swing here, but just great job getting his big, long arms up there to, to tip that ball and catch it. A rare skill for somebody that big and, and as good a pass rusher as Floyd is.
0: That final sack from Aaron Donald that we showed earlier, yeah. and he celebrated after. That was the last play of the game, and that was in that moment when you know the clock's ticking; it's kind of frenetic. What are the Cardinals going to do? And 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 I remember they oh hail Murray. What oh I remember like oh uh, the Bills. You know it's like yeah. you start thinking yeah. we've seen this movie before, and maybe we'll get to see it again. And there was that that moment. Where Aaron Donald's like, no, 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 no. I'm getting too old for this crap. I, I'm, and he shot out of a cannon to get him down. It's like, I am not letting Kyler Murray get to the left and uncork a right? ball that's going to end up forcing overtime or possibly letting the Cardinals go for two for the walk-off win. Donald was like, I, screw this. I'm not, I've am not. i worked too hard tonight to let this guy steal it from me in the final moment.
2: I, well, he's just so, da- like, he's so dangerous. You just don't know what to expect. I mean, his arm is, is unbelievable. His arm is unbelievable. We saw what he did at the end of the first half, right? The end of the first half, they set up to throw the Hail Mary. Hail Mary. And the damn guy, you know put on go-go gadget roadrunner legs and went meep meep and ran and got 15 yards and got him in field goal position when everybody was expecting the Hail Mary and gets out of bounds, you know, at, with one minute. So he is so dangerous. And, uh, yeah, I know we got a clip to play of, of Kyler Murray and some of the things he said about that play here. If, if you want to play it, Pete, go ahead. I just took your job, Mike. Look at that. Let's go ahead. Let's get, yeah. A little clunky, but that's all right. You're getting there. Here, you.
0: Here's Kyler Murray talking about the confusion on the final play of the game. <laughs>
2: That last play, was there some confusion as to whether or not it was going to be a spike? Um, uh, it was, you know, it was miscommunication between me and the line. And, you know, they thought it was a spike. And
1: then, uh, but no, nah, it was, you know, was heat of the moment deal. I don't even recall, you know, what was being said in the helmet or anything like that.
0: And here's that final play where it's tick, 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 tick. Second down, they they could have spiked it. Yeah, now, no if doubt. you're in shotgun, that should be the clue to the that offensive not, line. It's not right. going to be a
2: spike. A hundred percent. But
0: he start, when he missed the, the guy, I'm thinking, oh, here we go, here we go. And that's where Aaron Donald's like, screw this. No, no, no. We're not going anywhere. You're not breaking out to the left and firing the ball 60 yards into the end zone. We're not taking any chances whatsoever. And it happens so quickly because yeah. – you could feel the anticipation starting to build, and it was just shut down immediately by Donald. That's one of the reasons why he's one of the greatest of all time.
2: Yeah, greatest, one of the greatest of all time. I mean, he he really is. It's this might be the like you know I know we've talked about it a little this year. It's probably the first year in what is it, Mike? You think five or six years where he's not just absolutely the best defensive player in football like he's been. I mean, we're we're talking about other players for the first time in a while being you know NFL defensive MVP. And Aaron Donald's not at the top of the conversation, so that's rare. But yeah, I mean, you said it. He's to me is already in the the laurels of the of of the Ray Lewis, the Lawrence Taylors, the Reggie Whites, whoever you want to throw out there is the greatest defensive players of all time. I think Aaron Donald is in that conversation. And uh he reminded us of all, all of it last night. And and within that, you know, Mike, just to hit on the Cardinals a little bit because of the Rams, but it's like you know, you you mentioned a minute ago, you know, I feel like we were finally at the point within the last week where people were ready to finally just go, hey, the Cardinals are the best team in football. Let's get behind it. You know, come on. They were on the road. They kicked the crap out of Chicago. You know, they've lost two games. They're the best team in football. And then just like the Thursday night game where they lost to the Packers, I feel like this is going to. You know, take away a little bit of the respect people might have had for the Cardinals big stage, kind of mess it up don't show up in a prime time type of moment, lose the football game, now they're the number three seed in the NFC and they're still really good as we both know and I think still one of the top teams in football, but not going to get the respect uh, maybe that they want or, or you would expect for a team that was you know 10-2 and two going into a football game Something Pete mentioned in my ear just as the
0: neurons were firing in my brain as we were talking about Aaron Donald's big night. Yeah. You got to wonder, and this is one of the realities of playing on Monday night. You don't play Sunday. You get to take in some football. You get to take in some talk about football. And all you're hearing if you're Aaron Donald is Micah Parsons. Miles Garrett. Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons. Yeah, Look at Micah Parsons. Look what he can do. He's uh Lawrence Taylor. And and it's like, you know what? I'm still pretty good, too. And I'm looking at the points bet, Defensive Player of the Year odds right now. By the way, they've shifted some. It was Michael Parsons and Miles Garrett at both plus 250. Some action from Monday apparently has influenced that. Parsons is now plus 240 and Garrett plus 300. But there's Aaron Donald lurking at plus 700. 7-1. Seven Maybe the best odds you're ever gonna see for Aaron Donald <laughs> to be defensive player of the year. I have a feeling if we have this conversation tomorrow morning, Donald's gonna be a little bit closer to the top of that list because some people today are gonna wake up and say, maybe it is gonna be Aaron Donald when it's all said and done.
2: Well, you, you can never count him out for like just catching on fire here. And you know, obviously it sounded like what you know some of the things I saw McVay say, the post game press conference and stuff. You know, the Rams came into this game with a chip on their shoulder and feeling like nobody gave them respect for their win last week and that people were doubting them. And then they realized they needed to play better football. And I'm sure the stars heard the criticism too. Yeah. It's a Hollywood football team. And it was a, you know, a Hollywood bust until, until last night or at least the last two weeks. But Mike, uh, uh, I'll like the same thought went through my head that, that Pete said into your ear there as I was watching the game. And he sat back and watched football, watched Miles Garrett, Micah Parsons, all this talk yesterday, and I I, I do. I think that's what a great NFL player does. He's aware of what was going on in the league, what the conversation is, and I do think that was a little bit of a reminder to us all, like, hey, don't forget about me. I've been kicking ass around here for a long time, and I'm still the man.
0: OBJ provided a reminder that he still has something in the tank. Third straight game with a touchdown after yeah. having seven touchdowns total in his entire tenure with the Browns, he's got three in the last three games. And having to account for him, uh-huh. having to worry about him, having to pay attention to him, even though that was a fairly simple little play there for the touchdown, his presence makes it easier for some of these other guys. Van Jefferson and Cooper Cup with his huge night. And and you know, Beckham's numbers aren't off the charts. But but they're enough to make a difference for the offense. Yes, no no doubt about it.
2: And yeah, you see the the tweet here from Justin Jefferson. OBJ was not the problem. Hope you all see that. Yeah. Uh-oh. Well well listen, uh-oh. we we just discuss- looks like Justin Jefferson's not going to end up on the Browns <laughs> no, anytime he won't be, soon. He's we're not talking about, about that later, Baker but uh oh <laughs> yeah right yeah. <laughs> I, I mean uh, either way, I mean yes, what we saw last night. Oh OBJ is still a threat. I mean, he's still a threat. He's still a very gifted individual at the wide receiver position, you know? And yeah, you talk about like the, 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 touchdown, pretty easy play. Damn. The guy was playing inside too and expecting, you know, the slant route. He was Brian Greasy did a good job of breaking it down, but Odell's a special route runner. And I, I like you, you know, yeah, the numbers don't go, whoa, but the numbers were good. And the catches were at big moments of the football game and, I think he's still in the process of learning the offense, too. When they get to the point where they could start now feeding him some of those plays that Cooper Cup always gets, wow, do I think it's going to open up. I think last night was, to me, a point where I went, "Uh uh-oh, OBJ's comfortable. Stafford looks comfortable throwing to him, and it looks like he's getting a hold of this offense. And to me, that means watch out, because Stafford, if he continues to get healthy here, you know, he's gonna be throwing strikes all over the field, and OBJ, as we saw last night, one on one, can still get open against anybody in football. And
0: and one thing we're kind of starting to take for granted, and we've barely mentioned his name. We've showed a few highlights. Cooper Cup. Oh, it's unreal. It's kind of Quietly right? right? career high thirteen catches, 123 yards. I crunched the numbers based upon where he currently is with over 1,400 receiving yards. Now, that extra game, I remember when they went to the extra game for this year, one of the talking points was how many single-season records are going to be in danger, grave or otherwise, of falling with that extra game. Well, Calvin Johnson, the single-season receiving yard, record of 1964 right now and i think it's fair to talk about on pace when you only got four games left right cooper cup on pace for one nine four seven just 17 yards below The single-season receiving yardage record, and no one has ever had two thousand receiving yards in a season. And you know the Rams are going to be conscious of that; they're going to be aware of that. There's a little sizzle on top of the substance, and that's going to be a factor down the stretch. I think getting not that they need to try even harder to get Cooper Cup the ball; it just kind of naturally happens. Yeah, but they're going to become aware of the possibility that Cooper Cup may end up being the. The single most productive receiver from a yardage standpoint in NFL history.
2: Definitely. I mean, McVay's going to love to have that notch on his belt. I mean, Stafford will like it too. He's going to go, damn! Look at me. I'm the guy that throws to both of these guys. That uh, Calvin true. Johnson I and mean, him. He's going to be like, all right, let's go get it. It'll it'll say something about me too. Um, hey, one thing I I had moments last night where I went, man, I. I feel like they're overworking the guy like I really do. And I think that's where OBJ could come into into favor a little bit to take a little pressure off him at times. But it's remarkable. It's a little bit, Mike. I mean, again, it's the same coaching tree. But what Lafleur, McVay, Shanahan all show is the ability to feature their stars. And that's where they're great. I mean, the 49ers, Debo Samuel, or George Kittle, I mean, come on. The whole game plan seems like just get them the ball in a creative way. We, we watch every week. We go, well, we don't really know if the Green Bay really has a legit number two receiver. They just got a bunch of other guys. Doesn't really matter. They drop all these plays for Devontae Adams. If they get one-on-one, they just go, he's better than your guy. Our quarterback will throw a strike. And Rams and McVay, they got the same thing with Cooper Cup. They do. They're going to make you defend it and change your game plan to a point where they're just going to keep going to the well until you change, and now they have you compromise somewhere else, and they'll start to strike there. But if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And I love that aspect that they they feature a guy like that and make the defense adjust off of that. you got to have something great, and that's great, and they abuse it until you do something crazy, and it's just going to make other parts of their offense great off of it. Just imagine – how many other receivers
0: out there who ha- and you have to have a high degree of confidence in yourself or self-confidence in yourself, as the case may be, to succeed at any level in the NFL, even yeah. if you're just barely clinging onto a roster spot. But, you know, think about what a guy like DK Metcalf Oh when he's watching right? the Rams offense. Oh, or right? watching any of these offenses where as you say yeah. they come up with creative ways yeah. to let their stars be stars. Right. And here's DK Metcalf wondering, "What do I got to what do I got to yeah. do, do to I get I can't get a ball in the that? fourth quarter. How right. do I get some of that?" <laughs> right. Yeah. And and and, and that could, that's the little thing that you know maybe Puts a chip on a guy's shoulder or a stick up his butt going into the week of practice because he's you know thinking to himself what in the hell? Yeah, he's jealous. Look at at what these other guys are doing. It's and it's not just jealous. It's like you know I. I can do that. I'm
2: uh, not being used wh- to my wh- capacity. Why do right. I not get to yeah. do that? I right. can do
0: the same thing. Right. I can help everybody. Uh-huh. Why am I being held back? I can do what Cooper Cup does. I can do what Debo Samuel does. Yeah. Why why don't I get to do that? It it can create real problems. 100%. And that's that's why when you have a great player, the obligation is to let him
2: play great. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you know, what's the point of investing money and, you know? draft picks and those things if you're not going to capitalize on the player itself once he gets on your football team. You know, we, we, we discuss that a lot, right? You look at great teams and you go, well, they usually utilize their greatest assets to the greatest degree to, to, to give them the best chance of success. We look at teams that kind of mess up and do stupid things. We always go, well, they're really good right here, but they can't seem to ever, you know, take advantage of that. Why is that? And I do think that's part of, you know, good coaching and understanding that. And, uh, you know, I think we saw that a little bit from the Rams on both sides of the ball last night. They put their guys on both sides, really, whether it was the receivers or Raheem Morris doing a great job of finding little ways to get Aaron Donald one-on-one with either one of those guards for the Arizona Cardinals. It was a mismatch. It was a mismatch. I mean, again, you know, the, the stats don't even quantify what Aaron Donald did on that side of the ball. You know, he had a few holding penalties that were big during the game. That doesn't go on the stat sheet, but he, you know, F the play up. Uh, and so th- that was what was cool to see. And I think we saw a little bit again, of the potential, of the Rams that we liked early in the year where we went, Ooh, man, when they play good, it looks real good. And uh, last night was one of those nights for sure. There, there is one guy
0: that deserves some praise in the aftermath, not just of last night's game, but what we've seen from him all year, because he was forgotten he was discarded. Man, yeah. He was on the market yeah. for a long time. He ended up taking a bargain yeah. basement deal because nobody wanted him. James Conner, the James. former pit James. running back, the cancer survivor. It was a right. great story when he came to Pittsburgh. It made sense. But they just decided after four years, they were done with James Conner. And I think everybody else followed the lead. Look at that catch. What a catch. He's got. He's got like five one-handed catches this year. He had 94 receiving yards last night, two touchdowns. He scored a touchdown in seven straight games. They have found a way to unleash skills that we didn't know this guy had because, again, he never got a chance to flourish and develop and grow in the Pittsburgh offense. You put him in a more dynamic offense, right. And all of a sudden, he's a superstar.
2: Yeah, that's right. You know, yeah, they were. You know, Pittsburgh was a little offensively challenged the last few years. You're right; they couldn't find ways to get him the ball or utilize him to the full capacity. Like we're talking about, he's just got no weakness to his game. I mean, it's an amazing story. It really is. He's easy to root for. I met James Conner once in my life, and he's one of those guys where it just niceness just falls off of him. He looks at you and you go, The guy's a nice guy. Hasn't said a word. You can see it in his eyes. So he's easy to root for that way. And man, I mean, just does it all. Like, see, there's no situation during the game where he really has to come off the field. Running routes, great. You know, he's covered. Whoa, he's got great hands. We could throw back shoulders. He'll catch the ball one handed, blah, blah, blah. Pick it up the blitz. Does that. You know, can run between the tackles for power, can make people miss in space. Yeah, he doesn't have, like, home run hitting speed. He's not going to break 70-yard touchdowns. But other than that, there's nothing not to like about James Conner's game. And, you know, what What a job he's done with Chase Edmonds being hurt. And, uh, yeah, he was he was a big reason, you know, they they mounted a comeback, you know. And, and it was because of James Conner to a degree and Kyler Murray and company. And, you know, it, it, hey, even with all that, And some of the mistakes Arizona made last night, there they were down two touchdowns and on what the seven yard line and Deandre Hopkins dropped the slant route right on fourth and two where you'd go, Deandre Hopkins catches that ball 999 times out of a thousand. He dropped it, you know, and of course that was a, that was one of the, the, the first nails in the coffin maybe for them to actually win the game big moment right there but man sorry to change the subject but James Conner was amazing yeah
0: and then it pops up and Christian Kirk almost had it 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 hit the ground but that would have been something if it pinballs its way through to Kirk and he rolls into the end zone off of that one that would have changed the complexion of the whole game one last thing on Conner yeah he's got 16 touchdowns so far this season tied for third in the NFL or third in the NFL excuse me and he had two last night his total compensation package this year One point seven five. Wow! So he's he's delivered. He's going to deliver more than seventeen touchdowns for one point seven five. That's a pretty good investment by the Arizona Cardinals, and it it just shows you that you know this is the flip side of the idea that there are so many running backs out there who can get the job done. So, but but the problem is, every once in a while, there's going to be a guy who really can get the job done who gets thrown into the mix with all the others that are just kind of churn it out, basic meat and potatoes. And and again, this, this is kind of the DK Metcalf conversation again because did the Steelers really know what they had? Now he got injured a lot in Pittsburgh. Yeah, but but maybe maybe this is a guy who who just did, just didn't quite fit. What the Steelers were willing to do offensively, and you know, not your classic between the tackles runner, That's right? And and maybe he he just needed to be in a different spot. And, yeah. and look at how it's worked out for the Cardinals. And shame on everyone else out there who didn't realize that there was a gem that was just hiding in plain sight that nobody wanted.
2: Yeah, it is. It's he he just. But you know, we see this story, right? You know, every year there's a there's a handful of guys where they get to a new team, and we go, wow, whoa. I didn't realize he's this good, you know, because he finally gets in the right situation that understands how to utilize his talent. There's some other talent around him that you know allows himself to shine. And not everything's on him. Pittsburgh's, you know, offense has been tough there the last few years. Let alone, like you said, they've been injured, so the game didn't lend itself to his type of play. Um, but he certainly has a role, and yeah, that this is the flip side of where you watch a guy and you go man, this is where I feel bad about the running backs again. He's great, unbelievable production, puts his body on the line, he's getting screwed over, he's making $1.7 million. I mean, and he's he's playing like, you know, one of the top ten backs in football this year. And that's where it's a tough story at that running back position. But he's in a spot now that, you know, is just perfect for him. And he can do everything within that offense, and uh, he knows how to deliver within it. And it's, it's, it's cool to see. It really is. I mean, he's... Hey, as much as we, you know, we talk about you know him and the Cardinals and everything, they're still a really good football team. They their stars let them down a little last night. We talk about the Rams; they picked him up. Other than James Connor, Connor, I think the Cardinals' stars let them down in a big moment, a little bit like we saw when they blew the game against the Packers on that Thursday night. And that's what I think is going to continue the questions of everybody of going. Wait, the Cardinals are really good, but man, can they really get through the whole playoffs and get to the Super Bowl? I think that's what everybody's a little question. We, we question their battle toughness. Is that fair to say, Mike? I don't know what it is. Yes. But there's yes. something we don't maturity want to buy in. Maturity and right? experience. Yeah.
0: Maturity, experience, right. and showing up in big moments. Because consider it. They've lost three straight games at home now. Yeah. And what was the first one? It was that game against the, the, the Packers yeah. on a Thursday night right. when everybody's tuned in. Right. Right. And then they lose the to Panthers. Cam Newton. Right. Cam Newton. Yeah. I'm back. How, you know, and it was it was a, even though it wasn't. A, a standalone game, it was, it a, was spotlight a lot of game. focus. We there see was. Cam It's right. a spotlight game, yeah. and the Cardinals don't shine in that spotlight. And then last night, the big game, and all the time to deliver the knockout blow to the L.A. Rams, and they fail again. And yeah. that's what is is going to fuel the idea that when you get to the playoffs, and I've heard Rodney Harrison tell this over and over again, and he lived it as well as anyone did during his era in the NFL, it changes when you get to the playoffs it does. it's more intense It it's does. more physical right and are you going to be able to step up in that moment you know it's one thing to go manhandle the Chicago Bears on a Sunday afternoon in early December when you're expected to it's another thing when you get yourself into a into a heavyweight match toe-to-toe yep. to toe. right are you going to show up in that game and go blow for blow with another great team and we've seen it now twice with the Packers and the Rams, and then in between that, it was the return of Cam Newton, and the, and those
2: are the those are the memories. When you think of the Cardinal season, those are the things that come to mind. Yeah, no, you're right. It, it is. I mean, we know, like, yeah, there's been a lot of highlights and great plays and the road wins you talk about. You're right, but you know, I guess it's uh, these are somewhat of the marquee moments. You're right that are kind of branded in our brain right now. And I think that's why we're going to continue to question the Cardinals. We're going to put them in the conversation for one of the best teams in football, but they're not in the trust tree. I think into the same capacity the Packers or the Bucks or even the Kansas City Chiefs, even though you know they've they've been up and down you know, the way they've played over the last six or seven weeks. You know we know we've been there. We've done that. We've seen them. You know overcome obstacles or be down. You know, late in a big playoff game, or not playing their best and still win those football games, and uh, I think we all have those questions about the Cardinals down the stretch, and we'll see. Got a little adversity well, I, now, yeah. Think, think of it this way: if the
0: playoffs were this weekend, yeah. and it was Cardinals versus Packers. Who would you pick? Yeah,
2: exactly right. I'm I'm gonna take the Packers. Cardinals I, yeah.
0: versus Bucks this weekend in the playoffs, single elimination. Who would you pick? Definitely
2: taking the Bucks. I, You're right. I just you don't tr- I don't trust Arizona to take them in that game in that scenario right now. You're right.
0: And, and, and those questions are definitely going to be there. And they've lost their grip on the one seed right now. It's the Packers could end up being a three-way tie and various tiebreakers would apply. And, you know, that's where it helps the Cardinals because they don't automatically lose to the Packers if the Bucks are in there as well. But you, you look at other tiebreakers, and I think they do favor the Packers for now, but you've got four games left. We, we have a couple potential submissions for after further review from last night. We can't conclude the segment without pointing out the, the one big one, the, the Linda Blair of uh matthew stafford where he gets yeah, I, I still don't and this is where and and john perry mentioned that sky judge oh, is coming man, he Mike. knows which way the wind is yeah, blowing yeah. he knows this is exactly the kind of thing that an official who is in the booth seeing what we see at home can look at and they made the excuses for the referee doesn't see it and th- this is the point that i've been making for five years when you're down there
2: among the gladiators sometimes you don't see the things That 20 million see at home no doubt you're exactly right you're right you can't blame the referee I understand you're in a tough spot he doesn't see it clearly he probably had the right tackle and Chandler Jones in his way to would agree too. so it's hard for him to see around that but you know I think again Mike I mean first off they should have gave you damn credit during the telecast and been like you know this this freaking annoying guy Florio on pro (laughs) football talk he's been talking about this for a year all right. I don't want credit. I just want results. Well, yeah, and, and I think the results are going to go that way, Mike. I think you started a movement. Whether people are going to give you credit or not, I'm going to because you are the one that started this conversation and made it a mainstream you know, conversation in the NFL world. And I think like last night was like one of those moments where I think it's going to hit everybody where they go, bam, league, like the, the, we're in gambling territory here. We got to get those calls right. Big moment of the football game. Like, those are the calls, again, I go back to where you miss those. People are going to question at the end of the day how do they not call that? The fix is in, or whatever. Hey, hey! And, I've been hearing from Bills fans, and
0: we'll be talking about this tomorrow. I know. I've been hearing from Bills fans nonstop right. about non-call of DPI on Stephon Diggs yeah won the game. They and, want Brady and then, to be uh, and in then, the
2: Super Bowl. They want the Bucks yeah, exactly. to be exactly, exactly. That's how it starts. So that's why, again, the Sky Judge has real value, I think, to the overall aspect of the Shield and everything there too, to where that would be the moment where you'd go. Sky Judge comes in. He's got all the camera angles to go, hey, guys, guys, drop the flag. Drop the flag. That was that was hands down. Blatant. Blatant face mask. Got to throw the penalty there. Get it right. None of, no one's going to be mad. The viewer's not going to be mad that they got it right on the field with a call that's as easy as that. Um, but, yeah, you're, you started a movement, big guy. You did. Well, the the challenge is going to be, and I know they're very
0: concerned about it because of the way they screwed up and screw up they did the replay review procedures for pass interference in 2019. The turtle head is deep in the shell when it comes to Sky Judge. So what we see this year, it's creeping out a little bit. It is, right. They they, they, they right. just need to embrace it. It's for that. you know the, all, Anytime that you hear someone from the NFL use the phrase unintended consequences, that is a cop-out. That is a you know, we know this is going to be a little bit difficult to figure out. We're going to have to use some imagination and creativity and proactive thought. We really don't feel like doing it or we're not very good at doing it. So we'll just throw out the label unintended consequences to justify doing nothing. Don't let them do that. Force them. They have the resources. They have the motivation. They have the incentive to make it right. And it's not all that difficult. It really isn't. If if idiots like us can figure it out, the people who are paid to live and breathe it every single day should be able to figure it out too,
2: yeah, no, agreed, agreed, and I just think it makes the game better, cleaner, you know there'll be less you know uh conspiracy theories out there and 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 less you know debates and debacles for the NFL to have to de- deal with you know when you fix that right there i mean it's it's going to be calls like that that'll do them in if they don't get the sky judge,
0: I think one of the problems is. And, and maybe 345 Park Avenue literally is an ivory tower where they don't have the access to the average fan the way that the rest of us do. Yeah. But, I mean, I have direct access to them in my email box and Twitter yeah. and also interactions with people I know right. who aren't in the business, who aren't living it all the time like we do. And I hear though say the fix is in. Yeah. My son, I got to talk know. him out of the fix is in every other week. Yeah. Oh well, they want this to happen. It's like no, they 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 don't care. Yeah, right. They don't care if this team. They just don't care. Uh, but but that's that's what creeps in when we see these bad calls over and over and over and no over doubt. again. All right, let's go ahead and take a break. Um, the NFL has a lingering COVID problem, and we've all reached the point of COVID fatigue. And maybe that's one of the reasons why there were so many positives yesterday. But the NFL needs to get this under control, or it is going to be a factor down the stretch. We'll talk about yesterday's fresh wave of COVID positives when PFT Live continues right after this.
1: Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, And the unrelenting lies in wait but marines will always be there they are the constant in the chaos no matter the battlefield marines adapt to win defeating every shifting threat protecting our nation's future the few the proud the marines
0: quaker has been a trusted name in breakfast for over 145 years which means they've been milling oats since before the invention of the zipper the stop sign, and the ballpoint pen. And while a lot of things have changed since then, some things have stayed the same, like the great taste and quality of Quaker Oats. Quaker has something for everyone, like old-fashioned and quick oats, great for cooking and baking, or instant oatmeal in different flavors and varieties, whether it's lower sugar or added protein or fiber. Quaker Oats can satisfy the whole family. There's even Quaker fruit fusion with real fruit pieces, added vitamins, and no artificial colors for a bold start to a bold morning. Quaker, getting up to some good since 1877. Look for Quaker Oats in your local grocery store.
1: Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
0: Crazy afternoon for the National Football League on Monday. Look at those names. 37 positives in all for the NFL on Monday the Dolphins running back room decimated all three of them are on the COVID reserve list we we had Jalen Ramsey and Tyler Higby catch most of our attention because they played or didn't as the case may be on Monday night but 37 in all it just shows Chris that number one it's still out there number two it's still spreading like it always has but number three I think there's an element of complacency definitely malaise, fatigue and it's creeping in at a very inopportune time for the nfl as we get closer and closer to the playoffs they need to be very concerned about having i think they need to be planning this now some sort of a protocol for the postseason Remember last year we were arguing for bubbles and hotels and get these guys away from everybody just for the playoffs? They may want to start thinking about that. If they want to have preservation of competitive integrity for the entire postseason, it may be that they need to say to the players, look, it's, it's four weeks or so where you're not going to be at home. You're going to be staying in this hotel. Maybe they're going to need to do that. Given what happened yesterday, whatever it is, they got they better start coming up with some ideas because yesterday is is as strong of a shot across the bow as the NFL could have had about where this could go as we get closer and closer to the playoffs.
2: Yeah, no, I mean you're right. I think as a country, we're all in fatigue, we're worn out. You know, it's just it's been a constant battle, and you know, you mentally, you're physically tired from it. Here up in like the Connecticut area, it's gotten bad again. You know, so there's issues here. It's, it's everywhere. You're right. And I mean, the names that were released yesterday that were on the COVID list. I mean, come on. Those were some big names. Some real difference difference makers for football teams. You know, and I think we both know, we've heard from people around the league that the NFL is concerned about it. There's no doubt. You know, I think there's even concern when, when we get into the, the conversation of the Super Bowl week and those issues. How could they not be? You know, again, yeah, we don't want the product to be hurt. I don't want to watch a playoff game of without like the three best players on each team playing. You know, nobody wants to see that. We want to see the teams at their best. We want to watch the stars out there playing. I certainly would have loved to have seen Jalen Ramsey out there last night. There's no doubt. It's amazing they won without him, but it would have been more fun to see him out there and and going up against Hopkins and company. Uh, so yeah, and it, you know, it gets back to our old conversation here, Mike. Yeah, does it? Do you get into the did he get to the NFL and you like them to make these protocols? Or, you know, do you leave it to the teams and go, hey, there's another there's another competitor in the arena. It's called COVID. And we're going to see who who and and what teams think it's most important and do the things that are necessary to put themselves in a spot where they're not hurt by this. Like we saw the Bucs do at the end of the year last year. You know, they, they seem like they buckled down on all that, realizing what they had. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see here because you're right. It, it seems to be everywhere. Well, and the Buccaneers had
0: traveled nowhere for the Super Bowl last year. The Chiefs flew in on Friday. I, I think that we're probably going to be in Gets line for again. a similar yeah. type of experience Sounds this like year right. where they keep the players under lock and key. But the question becomes, even before you get to that point, what do you do to ensure that we don't have on the day of a playoff game yeah. Key player not available because right. of a positive, or the Monday before a playoff weekend, something like this, where yeah. five, six, seven names of players, and and this is where the process is so imperfect, and they really need to work on these protocols and ask themselves, is this is, does this make sense? Because a lot of these guys that tested positive yesterday played the day before, presumably with COVID, and this gets back to the point that was made by Amari Cooper and somewhat awkward fashion and he got dragged a little bit for it but the idea that hey if I'm asymptomatic why can't I play and I, and we've talked about this before Chris I think the next step in the evolution of these protocols is to come up with a way to let guys play who may be positive but who are asymptomatic and yeah. see what's going to happen now is my email box is going to be flooded with people saying how dare you suggest that someone who's positive for COVID be allowed to play well there, there's been no evidence whatsoever in two years that it transmits on a practice field or, or during a game. Yeah. It doesn't. Right, It doesn't. Right, It's the safest place you can be if you're an NFL player yeah. around others who may have COVID. So that's where the NFL and the NFLPA need to come together and say, is this really the right way to do it? Guys who are asymptomatic but who are positive, we just blindly remove them from the entire NFL universe for X number of days, they're
2: going to have to because this isn't going away. So no. they're going to have to come up with a better way to deal with it. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see if that the, would be the approach. I mean, you, your your point, or you know, the fact that you state is it is real. I mean, yeah. I mean, again, you know, we saw hey, Jonathan Allen for the Washington Football Team, Rashawn Slater, you know, for everybody. I mean, how many how many pictures did we see during the pandemic? whether it was Stefan Gilmore face-to-face with Patrick Mahomes as he had COVID. I mean, Mahomes didn't get it. You know, we see offensive linemen like a guy like Rashawn Slater. Yeah, he was blocking. He was face-to-face with all these Giants defensive linemen in the game the other day. You know, we'll see. I doubt the Giants' D-line gets it. I doubt it. We haven't seen that happen. Jonathan Allen, Washington, same thing with the Cowboys offensive linemen. Face-to-face with them. You know, so there is something to that on the outside and and I would bet you most players would get behind the idea of like, yeah, asymptomatic. We don't care. Let the guy play. We'd rather have him here. It goes back into the category again of I don't think most players in the NFL really give a damn about COVID. I don't. Uh, you know, I, I, I think there's a respect there, but I don't think there's a fear of it. And, uh, and we'll, we'll see. But the NFL definitely got a little bit of a, a conundrum on their hands here. The NFL sent a memo yesterday to all teams that requires
0: tier 1 and tier 2 staff that's wow. coaches, general managers, front office people to get a booster by December 27. The the memo itself was vague as it relates to players. It does not apply yeah. to players. They're still talking to the union about boosters for players. I mean, I, I thought it'd be fairly simple. If you've already created vaccination protocols for the players right to maintain the status of vaccinated you have to get the booster by december 27 or whatever and you know this is where the union is in kind of a weird spot the union agreed to protocols that pissed a lot of players off but the union i think agrees with the nfl that they need to take this seriously they didn't do a vaccine mandate And I don't know how hard it would be at this point to just say, hey, you're considered vaccinated under the protocols to maintain that status and not go to the unvaccinated side. You got to get your booster. You've already gotten the shot you got to go get your booster. That seems to me like a five-minute negotiation. Hopefully the union and the league can figure that out quickly, Chris.
2: Yeah, hopefully they can. I mean, I can understand if they want to go that route. Again, they're protecting the entity. That's It's special. It's the NFL. Let's play time. It's big money, TV money, ratings, everything there. So that's a real thing. And, yeah, you know, within that, if they're going to do that, the, the only thing I'll say is they're going to do that and they're going to make guys who, again, there's going to be a lot of guys, or and there already is a lot of guys that didn't want to get vaccinated, that got vaccinated to play and have done the proper thing, and now you're going to make those guys get the booster and they're going to do that. They better be as strict as possible with the guys that are not vaccinated at all that that's to me that's where it's not acceptable you can't expect like most of the league to go get vaccinated and do this and then we're going to let a few stars around the building not deal with any of the rules and they can do whatever the hell they want that crap better end then I mean, that's that to me would be totally unfair. And that's where the NFL would need to step in a little bit and start being the sheriff a little bit more and being involved and stop putting it on the teams and go, no, we got to do this. If we're going to make guys get us booster shot, then we got to make sure guys that aren't vaccinated are wearing the mask around the facility all the time. Not like, oh, just, you know, every now and then when I'm in the public eye and uh, that, that would seem to be fair to me as well.
0: And, and it's a great point, and let's not get numb to that. The NFL has done itself no favors this year given the impression it's created that it really isn't all that interested in yeah. enforcing the protocols that should be enforced, starting with Aaron Rodgers being allowed to show up multiple times per week in a press conference room without a mask on, even though the team and the league knew he was unvaccinated. No one else did. They allowed him to continue to show up. And then when it finally hit the fan, they pick one violation out of how many and only punish him for the one because they were asleep at the switch for all the others, even though he knew every time he was doing it, he was violating protocol and he was doing it deliberately and almost defiantly yeah. he said it himself it's a stupid rule i'm not gonna do it and they never did anything about it and they still wouldn't have done anything about it chris if he hadn't tested positive yeah and then you have antonio right. brown more recently the fake vaccination card if he just pays his former live-in chef steven ruiz we never know yeah that he's had a fake That's vaccination right. card and he's still mingling unvaccinated with Tom Moore and Bruce Arians, who are both at risk for different reasons. Tom Moore, 83. Bruce Arians, three-time cancer survivor, and we never would know. No. And and what did they do? And they, you know, I, I got to give them credit, and this is a benefit. I'm sorry that I'm getting on a soapbox here. This is a it's benefit right. of having... Bright shiny objects. We got one Thursday, Chargers, Chiefs. We got a bunch of them Sunday. We got one next Monday, Vikings, Bears. Oh, Saturday. We got two of them on Saturday. Bright shiny objects. Nobody ever pays sustained attention to the warts on the underbelly of the NFL and the fact that they're on notice that one of their teams had three fake vaccines, three of them on one team. And they bury their head in the sand on the other 31 teams with some stupid ass formula as to, well, we don't think there's a problem here because the rate of positivity among the vaccinated is the the people who are vaccinated on site is the same as the people who are vaccinated. Get out of here with that crap. There are fake vaccination cards throughout the NFL and they don't want to find them because they either don't want to spend the time to do it. They don't want to spend the money to do it or they don't want to scrape the egg off their face when they find out that there's 100 fake vaccine cards throughout the NFL. And as this gets worse... The problem becomes more significant, but they're going to continue to ignore it, Chris. So, you know, your memos have no credibility with me if you're not doing what you have to do to enforce your rules. And if you've got guys who are committing fraud on the entire process and you're not looking for them, that causes the credibility of the whole thing in my mind to collapse.
2: Definitely. No, no, don't be sorry. I mean, you're you're right. I mean, again, if I was playing in the NFL and— didn't want to be vaccinated and got vaccinated to, hey, let me do the right thing by, you know, my teams, my players, my own job, the competitive nature, man, I didn't really want to get it, but I'm going to do it and also do it so the protocols will be a little less on me and then I'm going to see some guy skirt the rules and, you know, he's going to get the same benefits even though he didn't take the sacrifice of doing something maybe he didn't want to and getting, you know, the the COVID vaccination, I'd be pissed off. I'd be pissed off. I'd be like, damn, okay, so I followed the rules and did everything, you know, put this damn vaccination in my body, didn't want to, right? And, you know, I did it for all the right reasons, and then here's some jerk in the locker room who's cheated the system, and he's just going to get away, you know, sc- scot-free, or scotch-free, as some some brilliant people say. And that, that doesn't <laughs> make sense. <laughs>
0: um, the, the, if, if I would put... And, and I'm not trying to I'm not trying to be cute here, but I'm trying to provoke thought. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. If I put the over under fake vaccination cards at 85.5.
2: The whole league? I'm not say? sure yeah. which
0: – yeah, mm-hmm. w- league-wide, yeah. 85.5 fake vaccination cards. I'd probably cards. take the
2: over. I probably would, too. Yeah. I would say there's at least three on every team. I would say there's three yep. on every team. That, that, that's just you're playing the roundabout number of that there. Uh, yeah, so, okay. Yeah, I, It'd be close. You're right. Right around there. But yeah, I'm, I'm going to say I would take the over there. I would. And you know what? Here's,
0: here's, I think here's another reason why they don't want to go down that rabbit hole. And this is pure speculation, but I think it's logical. If you think about it from the team perspective, if you got some guys within the team structure who don't believe in, in the vaccines, who don't believe in any of this. They're making a big deal about nothing. Look, Look, I I understand why you don't want to get the vaccine. I know somebody who can hook you up. I know somebody. What what, what if they would find with one of those teams? Because they didn't find it with Tampa. Let's be clear. The Buccaneers organization had nothing to do with any of it. This was Mike Edwards and Antonio Brown and the guy whose name I've forgotten because he was cut. He was was on the team back in August. Uh, But but they, they were on their own. But out of 31 other teams, would it shock you if, when the NFL decided to go all the way down the rabbit hole, they found out that a coach or two was involved in getting a guy a fake vaccination card? Yeah, right. It wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, wouldn't surprise me at all. Maybe that's one of the reasons why they don't want to find out, Chris.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, it wouldn't, be, it wouldn't be surprising to me either. You're right, and and again, things like that can can go through a locker room in a hurry, like you said. It's one guy who's a group of, with a group of guys who's questions COVID or doesn't want to get the vaccination. And like you said, he oh I know a guy, and all of a sudden you got ten guys looking and going, "Don't you know a guy? Oh, well, tell me about it." So, uh, I, yes, it's it's a scary subject, and I think like to your point, Mike, I think a little bit is the ignorance is bliss in this one by the by the NFL to a degree as far as like they'd rather not know. They don't want to deal with whoa. Let's not dig this up and deal with all the issues that might come up. And it, it does seem that way. And uh, it's still shocking that there wasn't really a, a standard protocol to check to see if the three Buccaneers players vaccination cards were legit. I mean, to me, it's shocking. You just you would never expect that from, a, a you know, a billions and billions of dollar a year entity. That they just kind of like, oh, you gave us a card? That's good. Oh, he's vaccinated. We're not going to really check. That's It's crazy. I, I can't believe it.
0: And and the card shows where they got it. Three guys get their shot 80 miles away. Yeah. What the hell? Right. But shouldn't that, from the moment they handed the cards in you look at that and say well where is that place? I, yeah. i'm kind of familiar why were with that. you there, there? were I'm you tell, vacationing 80 there miles in that away town i've never Wait. heard of <laughs>
2: yeah
0: you went through a drive-through facility and you drove two hours to drive through the facility <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> it's a great that so is, that's and, and, and and i'm telling you i'm telling you chris you you said it right ignorance is bliss the flip side is knowledge may be fatal not internally but externally. They already got Congress up their butt over the Washington football team investigation. This is just play it out. Let's let's imagine how the dominoes fall here. If there are a hundred guys with fake vaccination cards, if they do stumble over one team, just one team where members of the front office or members of the coaching staff were involved in hooking guys up with fake cards. At what point, does Congress start sending letters to the commissioner requesting information and suggesting there will be hearings on a serious public health matter where the NFL, the facade is we did everything right. But behind that, that flimsy little storefront, it's corrupt. Yeah. That's why they don't want to know. It's not that they don't want to know. It's they don't want everybody else to know.
2: I I, I don't doubt that one bit. You're right. And, and again it's i think it's a can of worms that they they don't want to really open up the can and deal with it a can of something yeah it's a can of
0: something it is i think it's worse than worms yeah no, uh, right but <laughs> i'd be mad there's all sorts of stuff that's yeah. in that can worse than worms that they're getting themselves into if they, that's why they didn't do it that's why they didn't do it so combination of we don't want to put in the time we don't want to put in the money and we don't want to find out what we
2: right, may find out right no I, I think that's that's fair to say and i am man it's it's going to be interesting i'm, I'm going to be interested to see here as next few weeks are they gonna mandate the guys that are vaccinated to get the booster is that gonna be a real thing uh and, you know it's, That's it's a no-brainer yeah. if you
0: if you want to continue to be treated as vaccinated you got to go get the booster. Otherwise, yeah. you're treated as unvaccinated. It's that simple. Yeah. I mean, I've gotten a booster. I mean, I, I, why? Because, well, I've, I've been vaccinated and the, it's wearing off. So yeah. you go get the booster. I will tell you this. If you get the booster, give yourself about 18 hours to get your ass kicked by it. Yeah. But it's worth it on the other other side. You get your peace of mind and, and you know that uh, sure. you're
2: protecting the people around you are protecting. Yeah, no, so. you're right. You're right. And I'm, I'm due to get my booster. So, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm at the point where I'm like around getting close to that six months where I'm I'm probably going to have to go get it here sometime in the next few weeks myself. So, uh, you
0: better get your ass boosted before we go to LA and we're face to face. Oh, I'm I, Oh, that would be, be, be good. I'm week.
2: not going to get boosted and I'm going to give you big kiss when I see you. Big kiss and and just hug you and you know, just talk all up in your face. I can't I can't wait to see you though. It's been so damn long. I mean, I forgot what you look like in in a trash
0: can. Well, you never know. Last time I was with you, you threw up in a trash can. (laughs) Thought I had COVID. I was like, damn, I got COVID. I'm
2: good. I know. Yeah. (laughs) yep. But uh, I don't know. It depends how you treat me that week. I mean, if you treat me. Like crap, then I might puke, you know, just to keep you away from me a little bit because I know you'll be scared. I'm trying to stretch <laughs> that out long enough for the control room to
0: queue uh, up. The, uh, there it is. There it is. Uh, the never-ending loop. Have I ever just told you? Screen.
2: Have I ever told you that before I walked in the building there that morning? Right. So I'm walking there and I'm going, man, I really don't feel good. I'm trying to suck it up. I've already texted producer Matt Casey that I didn't feel good and that I had art. I had already thrown up once, and as I was getting close to, you know, that facility there in in Indianapolis, um, I mean, I'm I'm 20 feet from the door. I I kind of started to throw up in the bushes, and Matt Nagy and Matt Nagy and a few Bears coaches were walking out. Of uh, the door, right as I was like, you know, sitting there in the bushes, going, and he's like, "Hey, Chris," and I'm like, "Hey, Coach." <laughs> I mean, it was it was uncomfortable. It was an uncomfortable morning. At,
0: at, at least you told me that it was bushes, because you know where I thought this was going. I thought this was going to a place where some poor public service worker in Indianapolis had <laughs> yeah, to go no. with a trash can. No. And, and and as the folks in Stamford would have learned, there are things far worse than water that Chris can deposit into a trash can that <laughs> yes, they I then can. have to deal with. Right. So the, the Bushes aren't happy about it, but the <laughs> folks who take care of the public receptacles in Indianapolis were very thrilled. Let's uh, take a break when we return. Quarterback injury updates that may or may not affect the weekend's games that are looming. We'll discuss that next year on PFT Live.